You know, there are some things we do in groups. There are some things we do together. And that, that's really the essence of our entire vision. The, the vision of our church is to love God, to connect with others, and to serve with excellence. And, and all, of, all of those things for us really kind of boil down to a community experience. I mean, our love God is pretty much what we do on our weekend experience. We have two um, services that are a lot alike. Except First Church didn't get the pig story. I don't know what happened to me, but we love God together. We come here. We, we, we do what the Apostle Paul talked about. We don't forsake assembling together as a group of people for worship. And we hope, I mean, our, our plan for love God is for people to grow in, in their knowledge of God or to know God. I mean, that's, that's one of the four fundamental things that we're trying to reach with, with our church, with our ministries, with our vision, that, that by, offering, by offering a ministry setting where, where people can focus on God, we hope that somehow, and our prayer is that for somehow, um, whatever your experience is here today, that, that somehow or another, you, you know God, or you know something about God, or you know something about the kingdom of God that you, that you, know, you know more than, than you knew before. And I mean, that knowing may not be an intellectual knowing. It may, be a, it may be a heart knowing. It may be to have some kind of experience, whether it was during our worship or whether it's at the end when we're going to offer you an opportunity to come forward for prayer, if you want prayer. It, it may be in that. It may be while I'm preaching. I was told by several people this week that last Sunday's message really struck a chord in their heart, that something happened to them while I was preaching. And I would hope that that experience, whatever that experience may be, would, would, would help somebody know God. For us, we do that in our, in our Love God session. I will tell you this, that my prayer has been that if there is anything you could say about your experience in one of our church services, that, that if there's anything that, that you could say as you're driving out of the parking lot and out onto 181st Street, I would hope that you would be able to say at least this, that my life is better because I went to church there. That just somehow or another, whatever it was, whether it's a feeling or whether it's a knowledge or whether... Or whether it's, it's the rubbing shoulders with somebody in the foyer, talking with someone, maybe, maybe making a connection that somehow or another that something would happen in your life today that you could honestly say, you know, I, I think things are okay. I, I feel like things, are, I feel like things are, are better because of this, this interaction that I had today. I mean, that's, to me, that's more important than whether or not you were entertained. I mean, I, I understand that, that there's some measure of entertainment, but I mean, we really don't come here, uh, you know, like, like you go to a concert. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't go to a concert and expect any dramatic life change, although uh, the Jimmy uh, Buffett concert did for me. I mean, somewhere in the middle of that, I decided that, yes, I am a pirate. But anyway, just 200 years too late, right? Right? <laughs> 
But I mean, you don't really expect any dramatic life change. But I mean, it can happen. I, I, I read a, an article of a lady that a Tom Petty concert as, that had been that had been that had been um, living with this enormous weight of depression on her life, and, and that and 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 you know, and I've I've. I've experienced this, at, you know, in a Tom Petty concert. I mean, he started singing that song, I, I, I'm Learning to Fly. And for whatever reason, he just told the band to, to lay down, and it was just him and his guitar, and that, that whole crowd was just him and his guitar singing, I'm learning to fly. I'm learning to fly, but I, I ain't got wings. And, and that lady testifies that she found God, Literally. It's on Tom Petty's website. She found God as she realized that it was that she, it made a spiritual connection for her. You never know where God will show up. And she was completely delivered from depression. Okay, well, that's deeper. Well, go ahead now. What, what I'm saying is, is that most of the time when you go to a concert, you don't have a deep spiritual epiphany. I mean, or do we come here to have a family reunion? Hey, I consider you folks my family. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. Most of you are closer to me than most of my family. That's the truth. And that's not because we're all ugly. It's just, I'm with you. You know, it's not because we're estranged. It's that I'm here. And then most of them are a long ways away. But we don't, we don't come here as a, as a family reunion in that sense. That that's, we really come here in hopes that, that somehow or another, by loving God and by connecting with others and by serving together with excellence, that somehow or another, in all of this corporate experience, that our lives would be better as we help each other take one step. Take one step. We know God through loving God. We find freedom through connecting with others. There's, there's something about it that God did not make us to be an island. I know I talked about this last week, and the back half of the sermon is shorter than the front half, so just bear with me. That we, when we connect with others, there's something about, there's just something about being with people that helps us find freedom. God, God did not intend for us to live our lives as a castaway. And our only companion is a volleyball. Why, hello, Wilson. Wilson, don't talk back. Wilson isn't infused by God with spiritual gifts. I mean, there are certain things that happen in togetherness that, that don't happen on on any other plane on the face of this planet, God did not intend on us to be alone. I mean, how powerful that was demonstrated in our, in our church this week with the ministry to this family. How powerful it was that, that they are walking through this enormous tragedy of the loss of their baby. And that the people are willing to, to get together, to try to do whatever, whatever it takes to try to be there 
somebody doesn't have to walk this, this walk alone. Alone's not good. I'll be honest with you. There's a part of my personality that is somewhat melancholy in that part of my personality, especially when I'm under stress or I'm going through a situation in my life, especially in those times of trial and trouble, I have a tendency to isolate. I just do. I know y'all don't believe that. You probably think I'm the life of the party, and I try to be. I mean, I like a party. You know, but... but um, Man, when, I, when I'm really, when the screws are down tight in my life, I have a tendency to just back away. And you know what I've discovered something about me? Is that I'm, I'm, not, good when, I'm not good when that happens. I'm not at my best when I'm by myself. Because true freedom can only be found in these things called relationships as sticky as they may be and as difficult as it may be. I mean, our church, the, the mission of the church is to, for help, to help people take that step to, to know God, that we want people to be saved and then to find freedom. We want people through relationships to, to, to come together. I love, I mean, next month we have... Uh, our Connect Group season starts again in, in September. We've got a lot of great things happening in September. I love the way we do Connect Groups. I mean, there's a lot of churches that do their small groups or their Connect Groups in such a way that it's, it's kind of difficult. Like, most of them are Bible study driven, and not everybody's good at Bible studies. We, we adopted this idea, and in the Grow Network, it's the most common idea of small groups or connect groups, and that's this free market connect groups where, you know what, just do you enjoy doing something? I mean, I found out this week that, that I mean, I knew this, but I was reminded this week that Pastor JP, he likes to run. I don't like to run, okay? Matter of fact, I don't like to, I mean, I run to the fridge to get another Dr. Pepper, but, but... I'm not like the greatest exerciser in the world. I know you, you can't tell that because I'm just so ripped. But, <laughs> but I mean, he, like, he likes to do that, you know. And, and, so, and so, man, you know, he could start a connect group of people that run. You know, just go out there in the foyer and fill out a thing that says run. It's the run connect group. And he could go out there and put his name on there and say, oh, I'm going to lead a run connect group. Then we'll put his picture. I mean, that... We'll put Nikki's picture up there and say, and say, and say, and say, Nikki's husband's group. How's that? But, but, well, and, 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 and we go out there and people go out there and they can, they can walk up to that board out there in the floor and they can go, well, looky there. There's a running group in the church. If you get three people to go with you, or if you, there's two more, so if you get three all together, that's a connect group. And suddenly people that, have just been running by themselves, can now run with, run with a group. At the end of it, you can pray, if there's anything to pray for in the group, to ask us, is anybody want to inject a little bit of Jesus in it? And, and, now, and now it's a community. It's a community. You know, in our ladies' conference and in our men's conference, we're spinning out connect groups. 
some of them gender-specific. At least one connect group we're spinning out of the men's conference won't be gender-specific. It's going to be a, a financial freedom connect group to learn how to balance your checkbook better by balancing your life. How many people could use that? You can make a connect group out of stuff that people already need in their life and things that we already got going on. It's an easy way to come together. But then we look now at the next step, and that is to discover purpose. And, and what we do in that step, we do that through serve with excellence. And the next week's step, of course, is make a difference. So the four, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's really what we do as a church. That's what we're striving to do in people's lives by helping them love God, connect with others, serve with excellence. We're, 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 we're building a platform for people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We have a responsibility to help people take that one step. And, and here's the deal that I think is so vitally important for us. Discovering purpose is key to the function of the church. God did not call us into the church as spectators. Now, we've made church kind of a spectator sport. You know, everybody else, you just you sit in the chairs and you go, touchdown for Cleveland today. He didn't start a song in the wrong key. You know, touchdown for pastor today. He brought a good word. What did he preach? I don't know, but it was good. Everybody just say, you think this is the this is the right here, this up here under these lights. That this is the big stuff. This is the real players up here. Here my look at me. Quarterback, pastor, pitcher, soccer kicker, baller. Everybody watch me perform. Everybody judge me now. Am I doing good? How you know? Am I and that is just so wrong. I mean, I understand that we lead people in worship. I love the fact that, see, we got inner ear monitors, but I pull one out so that I can kind of get a bead on the room. Man, I love the fact that you're singing back at us. It's, it's, you have no idea how strong it is from out there to back up here. Now there was one point in today's set that I thought we need to put everybody in your mics if we're going to do this because, because we, got, we got a click going click, 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 click and the crowd singing like a little slower than us. <laughs> did you catch that? You did, did you? <laughs> but I love it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, not just from up here and everybody going, man, that's a great guitar solo. Listen to that organ. Never heard anyone play a Hammond C3 organ the way Pastor Rob can play it. I mean, I know I'm marvelous at it, but seriously. No, I'm not. I'm just over there making noise. But, you know, the reality, and they put up with me because I'm the boss. And the reality, the rea- 
I don't know, a couple of weeks on Planning Center, uh, Cleveland sent out a thing, and he was like, we, I don't need any of y'all tonight. I'm going to do it all by myself. I went, does that mean me too? He said, yeah, you're just going to preach. I'm like, was I just told? <laughs> the, the idea of the kingdom of God is not that we come into the kingdom to just be spectators. I mean, you look at the New Testament church, the people that came into the church became participators. You know, I mean, it seemed like everybody was doing something. Everybody was plugged in. I mean, I think about Romans 12, and, and, you know, Paul's teaching this, or the writer of Romans is teaching this to to the church, and and he says in in verse 4, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think we got to understand that he's writing to the church saying, figure out what your divinely gift is. How are you divinely gifted is what I'm trying to say. Figure out what your gifting is and discover your purpose. And if you will discover your purpose, you have a great potential rise in your life to make a difference in this world. He's writing here saying we all have different giftings. So we've all been wired by God for purpose. We've been wired by God for purpose, but we don't all have the same function. We're not all wired the same. I mean, the word went out early this morning that Clayton wasn't going to be here to play bass today, and Cleveland jokingly said, well, we'll just let PR do it. Everyone that has ever heard me play a bass guitar knows I stink. I can't play a bass guitar. It's horrid. It it don't come out right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, And so that was just like the inside joke. Up here, because uh, years ago, I tried to play bass for our band. I mean, we're better off making a bass sound on a keyboard and letting Shailene carry it. You know what I'm saying? Than to put me on a bass guitar. It don't, it's not good. I'm not, I'm not gifted. I, 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 bought a, I bought an Ovation flat top guitar 15 years ago. was going to learn to play the guitar. I survived five lessons. Decided I'm just going to stick with the keyboard. You know, I, I just, it just didn't work for me. I'm not, it's just something about this just didn't work for me. Couldn't make myself do it. Then I started getting older and lost the will to even try anymore. And, and then my, my son, Baylor, he, he's like 13 years old and he, he walks in and he opens a closet door that's like a, like a coat closet in the hall and he it never I don't even know why he opened it he opens the door and he kind of looks at I guess he just got curious what's behind door number three and he opens the door and he looks inside and he comes up like this and I'm in the living room he goes hey dad I didn't know we had a guitar I said we don't now I don't either he hauled that guitar off to Colorado Springs playing all over everywhere but he pulls that crazy guitar out and goes, rum, 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 rum. I'm like, I hate you. 
if you weren't my kid, I, 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 I'm going to... Love covered a multitude of sin in my heart that day. I had so much... The kid just picked it up and was playing it. Little turkey was on stage with it two weeks from then, leading worship with a guitar. And I'm like, I took lessons for months. Oh, you know, it's hard. It's hard. When you don't understand and don't realize you're gifting, you can't make yourself be something you're not. You know? But yet, if you can discover your purpose, you can do anything. You can do anything. We've all been gifted for purpose in our lives. Look at, look at Genesis 1.27. It's powerful. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God injected purpose in mankind. Even in the process of finalizing creation. Look how God includes man in Genesis 2.19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. God didn't need man to name them, but he wanted to give man purpose. Wanted man to understand that whatever I create, I want you to be involved with the creation process. That's why we love God, connect with others, and serve with excellence. That's why we know God and find freedom and discover our purpose and make a difference. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, all the wild animals. Then it says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. He said, listen, you're, you're not good alone, and so I'm going to help you out in that circumstance. As long as you're going to discover purpose, you're going to do it with someone. I think a lot of times people, they want, they want to love God. They want to come to church on Sunday, and they want to have a great worship experience, but they really don't, they don't like that. Oh, I come to church, I just don't get with people. And they'll, they'll say this, well, I'm not a people person. Well, according to the scripture, you are. You just have to, you just have to group with the right people. So then other people, they want, they want to group, but they don't want that. They don't want to come to church. They want to just do something in their living room. But they miss out. They miss out on this corporate experience, even though the Bible screams at us, don't, don't forsake assembling together. Come together. Some people, they just want to, they want to serve. So they'll, they'll volunteer at a food shelter or something. They'll, they'll do this, but they don't want to do this. And they, and they don't want to do that. They don't want to gather for worship. and They, don't want to come, they just want to feel like they're, they're making a difference. And I'm saying to us as a church that it takes the whole thing to really find fulfillment. But you have to know how you're wired. You have to know how you're wired. This is, this is an important thing. 
See, because we as a church, listen, this is a different language. You're, you're not going to hear this at every church. So, so listen very closely and understand what I'm saying. We don't want you to join the dream team because we need you. We want you to join the dream team because you need us. You need, to, you need to find a place where you discover your purpose and make a difference because you're going to find out next week that that's, that's probably the highest felt need of a human being is to discover their purpose and make a difference. That God wired us that way. All right? And so, you know, I know a lot of times churches, they'll say, we need someone in children's ministry. And that may be true. But joining a ministry because there's a need is not nearly as good as joining a ministry because you have found purpose. When you, when you join a ministry because there's a need, it, it's a job. When you join a ministry because of purpose, it is a life-giving entity. I mean, I think about our kids' ministry. We, we buried one of our babies on Friday. Do you understand? One of, one of our babies, one of our little people. If there's anything I've talked with pastors Ryan and Ashley about, and, and they're sending it down through the team, and David and Hope Green are doing a fantastic job as the assistant children's pastors. And if there's anything I'm trying to infuse in them is that our children's ministry is not babysitting. Our children's ministry is teaching Jesus to little people. It's teaching Jesus to little people. See, that's a, bit, oh, that's a whole different thing, man. Babysitting's a job. But when you realize that when you go into that classroom with those children and you're teaching little people about Jesus, do you realize that that little two-year-old, her favorite song to sing as she twirled was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Where are you learning that? So you're investing you're investing in those kids. And if God has called you to minister to kids, we don't need you. You need us. You need us to say, go through next steps and get on the team because there's some little people that you can affect for eternity. For eternity, you can affect these little people. I taught five-year-olds for three months. My pastor, I went to him. I said, I feel like I've been called to preach. He said, anybody that preaches to adults need to learn how to teach to children. That was his philosophy. He said, you need to talk to Vivian Yant. She's over that class. It was about 80 five-year-olds. She's over that class. I'll never forget my first Sunday. Kind of this experience. They took me to the door. They threw me in. They pulled the door shut and the lock was on their side. And I turned around and I looked and all these little eyeballs were looking at me. And I went over to my table. We had several tables. I had about 20 kids. That's a lot, man. I had about 25-year-olds sitting around my table. And they had put a pile 
I knew it was my chair because it was the biggest chair. And I put a pile in front of me, and that was what I was supposed to do today. And I pulled the book up, well, what's the lesson? They had it marked, and oh, and then and, and no training, no prior anything. I mean, literally, the kids are sitting there looking at me as I'm trying to figure out, how do you do this? I had popsicle sticks and glue and glitter, and it was like, and, and that was my life for three months. It was the absolute scariest three months I've ever lived. Because I, I'm not particularly wired to do that with small children. All right, I loved my kids to death. I love your kids at a distance. Not a very far distance, but you understand. I, I wasn't wired. I, I didn't do children's crusades. I didn't, I, you know, I just wasn't wired. I, I got on a stint in California where we were doing where we were doing these junior youth camps and the age range was 7 to 11 years old scary I mean I just I told Raylene I said I said how do I preach to these kids I don't know how to preach to kids I don't know what I'm doing she said just preach what you normally preach they usually come to the altar and I got to thinking about that she helped me think about that that I would give altar calls and there was always children that were praying in the altars after I preached so I mean I, I, I just I just figured out you know we were Pentecostal back in there, so I just figured out if I could just scream for five minutes and open the altar, they would come. And they and they did. And but it, I was never comfortable with that because that's not my that's not my gifting. It's not my gifting, and I'm not I'm not afraid to admit that. But there are some of you in this room that you're fighting against it. It is your gifting. It's your gifting to work with children. You are gifted to do it. God has wired you to be able to connect with a four-year-old. God has wired you to be able to connect with a two-year-old so that you can walk out of a nursery and, and know in your heart that today, today I, I showed Jesus. Today I showed Jesus to a little people. And there's no greater fulfillment in your life than to know that you had a part to play in that. That's where you make a difference. But you've got to discover your purpose first. Matter of fact, Paul wrote in Corinthians, he was talking about the body and the eye and the ear and the nose. And finally he said in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. What part do you play? You've got to discover your purpose. Let me tell you, and I'm closing. You know what? If that finger right there gets cut off from the body, it loses its purpose unless somebody can attach it. We, we, we decided together this morning in First Church that it takes about an hour and a half for the finger to no longer be, unless you put it on ice. And there's people, all in, there's people all in the body of Christ that have been cut off. What happens when you get cut off? You die. But you also lose purpose. I mean, as long as that finger is attached, I can grab that bottle. But if that finger were to get severed and laid on the ground, well, I'd be grabbing the bottle with a different finger. But where does that finger go? I'm encouraging you today to find your purpose. What part in the body do you play? What part in the body do you play? We help you with that in Next Steps 201. Today's Next Steps 301. We're going to be grafting in several people today in our ministry teams because last week they discovered their purpose. Last week they did. Would you stand with me? You are a part of the body. What part do you play? Where, where can you serve with excellence? How has God wired you? How has God wired you? Have you been, have you been wired to, 
work with teenagers. I, I saw pastors JP and Nikki and, you know, all them, all them young people at that service on Friday and Pastor JP and true Pastor JP form came to that memorial service. Like he wasn't in a suit. Still had his signature hat on, had his sunglasses on the top, had shorts on, and he was just bouncing around ministering to people, talking to people, holding on to people, loving people. I sat on the I sat on the platform in my getting ready to conduct the service, and I you don't even know I was watching. But I watched him, a guy that's wired for young people, I watched him connecting, connecting, connecting as a pastor, connecting, connecting, connecting. How are you wired? What is God calling you to in your life? You need to discover your purpose. I don't know, when are we doing Next Steps 201 again? We, we've been doing them every other month. There ought to be about 40 people in this place today saying, you know what? You need to have it next month because I'm ready to sign up for it. And we don't even have a sign-up sheet. But there ought, to be, there ought to be something germinating inside of you right now saying, I need to discover my purpose. I need to discover my purpose. I, I, I feel like maybe my life isn't, isn't as fulfilled as it could be because I haven't been fulfilling my purpose. God, help us. Please help us. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name for your strength. I pray for your power. I pray for your touch in our lives, for your help. I thank you for teaching us today from your word. I praise you for your goodness, for your greatness. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen to that. Immediately following this service is Next Steps 301. We're going to be doing ministry. You, if you want to look into that, just stick around and go ahead and stay with us.